Hello. Welcome to the Outliers of African Descent. In our midst today are two outstanding role models of African descent. Migrating from Ghana to the U.S. as teenagers, these amazing role models did not let the challenges they faced as first-generation immigrants with limited proficiency in English prevent them from rubbing the shoulders with the alight among their peers. After her first degree from St. Mary's College in Maryland and completing her medical degree in John Hopkins, her outstanding performance created history as she became the first black female to be admitted to John Hopkins to complete residency as a neurosurgeon. She's here on our show today, along with her intelligent husband who graduated from the University of Maryland School of Medicine and is currently a resident medical practitioner. Please join me to welcome Dr. Nancy Abu Bonsoir and Dr. Kwabena Yamoa to our show. So to begin, tell us about yourselves, about your upbringing, and where you grew up. I grew up in uh, Ghana, uh, Kumase, for the you know the, the second, I guess, uh, biggest city in, in Ghana. And um, my dad was here. Uh, I guess he got the opportunity to come here much earlier. So I was kind of living with my mom, you know, in a, and then you know they kind of later got divorced. So we were basically in a in a single home. Um, I guess, uh, so for the most part, I was living with my mom, and then occasionally I'll live with my grandparents, and then occasionally I'll live with my uncles. So I lived with my single mother um, for the most part, and she was kind of like my my source of inspiration. You know, she was really hardworking, um, uh, you know, trying to, um, you know, make a living for three guys. You know, it's, no, it's not easy. Um, and she, uh, she really, taught us, I guess, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, qualities that we have today and attributes that we have today um, that continues to, you know, uh, I guess, inform my my life and decisions that I make. Um, But yeah, so, you know, a lot of my inspiration stems from my mom. Um, And to answer your question directly, you know, I grew up in in Ghana, Kumasi. I was born in Ghana and my dad got a job here. Um, so we all came to the U.S. when I was 15. Um, by we, I mean my mom and my three brothers. And I finished high school here and uh, went to college. Um, and then uh, I did like a biochem and chemistry major with information uh, pre-med. Um, and then I went straight through from college to medical school. And, are, and now I'm a resident at Hopkins. Yeah, um, as a teenager myself, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to leave your friends and come to a new school. So uh, what challenges did you face in school as a first-generation immigrant? Um, I mean, most of the challenges, I think, were mostly like social and adapting to the system that's here. Um, because you know, in Ghana, you had your your whole friend friend cohort and people that you knew, and then you come here. Um, first off, you have an accent. Um, you're an African, and then you're trying to figure out how the system works. And you know, in the high school, everyone has their friends already, um, so it's hard to blend into the system. Um, so those are mostly the biggest challenges, but. I was very fortunate to come from a very supportive family, and uh, there's also a pretty large supportive Ghanaian community here um, that was very helpful for our transition. Yeah, I mean, similar to what Nancy said, I think one of the things that uh, you know you, you, we, we struggle with 
at least I struggled with was language, right? Um, you know, we all have the accent and um, you, you, you know, as much as you, you want to fit in with your colleagues and your friends, you know, they just can identify that you're not, I guess you're not from here, uh, which is, you know, I mean, now that I think about it, it's not too bad to, you know, be identified as not from here, you're from, you know, a certain place, because that brings a certain level of diversity. But uh, you can imagine uh, as a young um, guy from, you know, uh, high school, I'm not thinking that way, right? So that, that was one thing. And then um, the other thing was, uh, you know, the education system was was a little different uh, here. You know, a lot of a lot of the things you know you get to do and research yourself. Um, whereas I would say, I mean, at least uh, you know, in Ghana, it was more like you know you get taught and you know you, you read, you get the information, and you read, it and then you take your test. Uh, here, there was more uh, research and being able to do your own thing, uh, and so that that uh, we had to kind of adjust to and uh, I guess to be successful uh, in, in school, you know, that, that adjustment had to take place. I wanted to know at what stage you decided to pursue a career in the medical field. Actually, I wanted to ask Kwebena first, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Um, so uh, I guess my medical career, it really started when I was young. Remember I was telling you, I lived with my, uh, uh, my grandfather uh, for a little bit also, and he was a nurse, um, and so he'd often take me to the hospital, um, and I was actually very impressed uh, by the people that wore that wore the white coat. Um, and at the time, as a you know little kid, I was like, you know, these are the doctors, right? So I was kind of um, impressed by them. Um, and then I guess as I was growing up, I I just saw that I, I liked the sciences and I really enjoyed it, enjoyed the sciences. So. It was, even in Ghana, so in Ghana, um, I went to a Pokuari school, and I know I didn't get to that. I went to a Pokuari school in, high, you know, that's high school, um, and, you know, I did science in Ghana, so I, I was always, like, kind of, I uh, had an inkling uh, to uh, the work that they do, um, how they're able to touch a life, um, you know, it's, there's not many, every field is very important, and, um, but with, the, I feel like with the, uh, with medicine, um, you know, you're able to get really close to a person, they trust you, and, you know, you bring almost like, you can change your life um, in the most vulnerable moment. And so that, for me, um, coupled with the, 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 the fact that I was always kind of had an affinity for the sciences, um, it came natural uh, that even in college, I majored in physiology, neurobiology, which, is, which was a science with a concentration in pre-med. Um, and so uh, I guess a little bit was also natural. And so, you know, going to college at, at that time, I, I kind of had an idea that was, was what I wanted to do. Um, so I think that's, you know, by college, I was really, uh, decide, I had decided in my mind that I was uh, going into medicine. That's sort of the, uh, I guess, the brief uh, overview of how I, I, you know, I went into medicine, but yeah. What is your specialization? Yeah, so currently I'm a radiologist. Um, and I, I guess I can tell you a little bit about radiology. So radiology is basically um, imaging, right? Um, you know, patients come in, they have abdominal pain, uh, they get the CT scan or they get MRI, you know, they get different kind of studies. And uh, I really liked anatomy, right? Uh, and I was a little bit of a photographic um, 
I guess photographic memory I had that so I I I kind of knew that I you know I wanted to do something with imaging and coupled with the fact that I liked anatomy it, it, it was sort of like um, a good field for me um, the imaging in America really directs how a patient uh, um, is treated and, and try and triage um, and we play a very big role in the care of the patient right um, we can determine whether a patient needs surgery or uh, the patient needs you know medical treatment and um, I think that is exciting uh, there are a lot of things that we can do in radiology for example uh, interventional radiology uh, that's also a, a whole new field but it's a little bit affiliated with radiology um, you could do you know uh, little kind of um, what, what is it you know little surgeries that uh, you know it's not little yeah I mean they're they, like yeah, there's some surgeries that you used to be able, you used to have to cut like people all the way open that with interventional radiology you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the that it's also uh, you know kind of affiliated with radiology. You can always decide to go into interventional radiology. It's, a, it's an exciting field, I would say. Nancy, at what point did you decide to become a neurosurgeon? Um. I think that I thought seriously about it during our medical school, um, uh, specifically around the uh, third year of medical school. Uh, like in first year, I did do some shadowing. There was actually a, a Guinean doctor here at Hopkins who was doing a fellowship, um, and sometimes he'll let me know when the cases were happening, and I'll go watch it with him. Their medical school had some programs for shadowing too, and I'll go see some surgeries uh, as a first year. Um, and during our rotations, which we have during third and fourth year, you kind of get a little bit of a sense of uh, the different fields. Um, and I thought that uh, doing surgery would be a good idea for me. Um, and then in third year, I had an opportunity to do some research with one of the residents who's currently an attendant. Um, and, you know, he was a great mentor to me um, and helped kind of solidify my interest in neurosurgery and to ultimately apply into residency. So, but neurosurgery is a special field. It's, um, there are patients that we deal with. Uh, it's rewarding to see that. And we work closely with the radiologists. Yeah, that's amazing that you guys have such interest in your careers. But I know admission into medical school can be competitive. And I wanted to know how hard it was get to get in, and if you felt like your race impacted your chances of getting into medical school. And if it did, how do you feel it impacted it? Um, medicine is very strict. Uh, you know, the, um, there are things that they're considering, like the MCAT score. Um, and so, you know, if you don't, you know, have a certain level of qualification, um, uh, you know, it's, your chances of getting in is low, regardless of your race, right? Um, and so, for example, I had to take the MCAT twice, right, um, a second time, because I didn't do well the first time. And um, I knew what the criteria was, so I didn't apply, right, because I was like, I don't think I'm going to get in, uh, you know, if I apply now. And so I had to study harder, work, you know, work a little bit harder and improve on my score before, you know, I even attempted, you know, at applying. And then you have to sort of apply broadly so you, you, you get a shot at getting in um, and I do think that yes I mean as Nancy said but also like there were some other scholarships uh, I guess you know 
there were scholarships that I got because I was a minority student, right? Uh, if, even in medical school. So um, in that respect, yes, uh, race does play a role, but I do think, um, you know, excellence is excellence regardless of your race, right? And so uh, if a program is looking for excellence, they're going to take the minority candidate that brings that to the table, right? And also there are a lot of minority candidates that are very good and they are excellent as well. So um, yeah, I think pre-medical school, there are a lot of programs that are helping minorities to get in. And I think medical schools in general are also trying to diversify. As Nancy said, I don't want to keep it too long, but so that in that respect, we get, you know, um, we get that push, but also, you know, you, you have to sort of get that qualification before you get that, that push, right? So, yeah. How difficult do you think admissions there was compared to other schools? Um, I think it was fairly similar um, in terms of like how difficult it is with medical schools in general. Um, most medical schools are looking for the same things. Um, so it's, 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 it's pretty similar, I think, in that sense. Um, you know, the number of people they accept is, I think the percentage is on the low side, but I think when it comes down to it, it's, you know, they're looking for the same things and they're using similar criteria as other medical schools. I want to hear more about your journey in medical school and uh, so can you tell me how it feels like to be a typical medical school student? Um, Just like a day in the life of a typical medical school student? It's been a while uh, but you know when I was in med school the, the first year and a half um, was almost like being back in college in a way. Um, you had classes, you studied, you had tests that you did uh, and then while you're doing that concurrently there were uh, clinical enrichment programs that you did as well um, you know shadowing other doctors or we would have these uh, instances where we'll meet us in group discuss cases um, learn how to talk to patients learn how to interpret the patient data and then in your the second half of your second year and third year and fourth year, you start working on the wards. Um, so you do different rotations and your, your day looks different depending on the kind of rotation that you're doing. Uh, like if you're doing medicine, you will show up around six or so to learn about what happened to your patient overnight um, and then get ready for the rest of the day. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, depending on your, your school, I, you know, I went to University of Maryland School of Medicine and um, our program was divided into two, base, I mean, yeah, basically four years, uh, two years of basic sciences and then uh, two years kind of, of um, clinic, you know, clinical duties. And I think maybe one thing that I, I so you do that two years, you know, uh, for us, um, and every program is a little different in a way, but you know, it's it, one thing that maybe all medical schools will have in common is a lot of students. I mean, you know, I I would go to lectures and we were usually done actually by noon at around that time. And almost the entire time, it's like studying, you know, doing cases with friends. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, you got to tell your family, you have to have that discussion with your family, like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to call as much 
not gonna be able to talk to you guys as much, you know, but because there's a lot, of, you know, tons of information that you have to um, you have to know, um, and then you get tested on them, um, and you got to do well because you know if you fail classes, then at least for our program, like um, you could you get another chance that you could get kicked out of medical school. So there was always that you know that fear, um, you know, and so. I mean, in the end, it ended up motivating us to work harder and to make sure that, you know, we're not the ones that get kicked out. Um, so, uh, you know, and then I guess maybe a little bit of the third year um, is when you, you do the clinical work, but, you know, while you're doing the clinical work, you try to also figure out um, what you like and what you don't like about, you know, some of these things. And um, sometimes it's it's really where you, you know people make the decision. You know, I want to, I went to I want to do radiology. I want I want to do surgery. I want to do medicine. Um, and then I, I you know fourth year is relatively you know like a little bit chill. You know, you, you sort of like do the electives, the things that you really want to do. So for me, my fourth year, I did a lot of radiology electives, right? Because uh, that's what I had decided I was going to do. Um, but there are also bigger, like there are also like standardized tests in, med- in, uh, in medical school. So apart from the MCAT, there's a step one, there's a step two, um, and then there's the step three that we have to take. Um, and these tests are, you know, also affect uh, getting into residency programs. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's rigorous, I, I would say. It's, it's very challenging, um, but you know, if you have the mindset, you, you can go through it. Um, so that's how the lifestyle of medical student is. I mean, it's just a lot of information that is thrown at you, and you have to sort of, you know, sift through it and, and digest it. And uh, um, you know, I, I mean, depending on, I guess, how good you are, you may be able to make time. But I was one of those students that kind of always found myself behind, even though I was working hard. So I had to like put in extra hours, um, you know, reading and you know, like. Negotiating with family, you know, how I gotta spend more time on certain things. So, um, you know, everybody's different, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, that sounds like a lot of hard work, and congratulations for all your efforts, you know. Thank you. So, did you have any role models growing up? Who are they? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a good number of role models. You know, my parents were great role models for me. Um, you know, they, one of their things that they do, is that they were always looking back because um, you know we, we come from very humble beginnings and you know my dad was the first person in the family to go to college or to get a master's degree and through his experience of always giving back to his community they showed us that you know that's the thing that you should do um, you know when you have been given a lot you should seek to give back as much as you can um, so those were, you know, my first role models. Um, and then, you know, in school, I had several teachers who were very helpful. Um, you know, even when I didn't think I could do it, they would, uh, you know, they will. They saw some potential in me that maybe at the time I didn't see myself, and they pushed me and or gave me the support that I needed. And you know, those are very good to have. Um, and you know, outside of school, you see you see role models in your patients too, right? You see patients who are going through really trying diagnosis, and you see the courage that they take those diagnoses, and 
forth through it and you know you, you see that and then you look at yourself and you're like man you know uh, you could do more um, so it's uh, <laughs> there's several role models that you can have I mean no nice my role model um, you know he's here he's there yeah I don't know about that but anyways I'll take it um, yeah I I mean similarly actually my, my mother uh, was my I guess when I was growing up cool mommy uh, I did everything uh, to impress her she didn't get the you know any education at all um, could barely speak English but she instilled in us the importance of uh, getting education and being educated um, nevertheless I still learned the you know work ethic that I needed from her, um, you know, being hardworking, uh, being nice people, um, everything that I needed. So I did everything growing up uh, to make sure my mom was happy and, you know, I guess, you know, I would, I would study hard and work hard to make sure she was impressed. Um, but I think in the professional world, uh, actually growing up to uh, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, who apparently, who, who uh, is a neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon, um, which my wife, you know, uh, is a field in. And I've met him several times, I've told him, uh, because through Nancy, I, you know, I get to like uh, meet, meet him and um, see him a, a couple of times. And I've told him about that. I, when I was growing up, I was looking up to him, read, I read his book, Gifted Hands. Um, he has a very similar background. You know, he was, he was like raised by a single mother um, in, a, in a really tough, tough, uh, you know, situation. and. Uh, made it out, you know, um, and he's a successful uh, neurosur- neurosurgeon. Um, so I looked up to him, even though I, I didn't turn out to be a neurosurgeon, um, which is all right. Um, I also look up to my mentor, uh, Dr. Pugach, who is like the, um, you know, mentor to me. He's a thoracic uh, radiologist. Um, and I think Nancy kind of also alluded to this, um, saw a potential in me that, um, you know, encouraged me and pretty much sponsored me into uh, getting into radiology. Um, so I guess those are the two guys I look up to and then uh, my mom uh, is the other one. I'm actually glad to hear you both had pretty supportive families. Yep, yep absolutely. And um, as you may know, the why of our podcast is to identify and celebrate true role models of African descent. So you've mentioned a couple names, but I wanted to know if you were to recommend anyone specifically for our show, whether they were famous or not, who would they be and why? I mean, we have some pretty good friends who are you know, role models that we, you know, I look up to for sure. Um, you know, we have a pr- we have a friend called Prince. Um, he works for CMS. I think still, which is a center for like Medicare services and stuff. Um, and he's a great role model. He gives himself of himself very selflessly to our church, to his work, um, to his family. Um, he's also Ghanaian. Um, I mean, there there are a lot of people. If I sit down to think about it, you know, I, I have friends that I went to medical school with. Uh, you know, one of them is an emergency medicine resident who is going to be an attendant uh, later this year so he's excited about that um, and he's our uh, Kenyan and then I have another friend who is Ghanaian who is working to be hopefully a pediatric surgeon 
um, she's a great role model. Um, and another one who is, you know, an internal medicine, also from like Cameroon, he's also a great role model. There, there's a lot, there's a lot of people. Um, and it's just, I made good friends who were fellow Africans who were going towards the same goal in medical school. Um, and up to this day, we still like interact with each other and like hype each other up. And, you know, we, we know that it's important for us to be out there to show other people that they can do it too. Yeah, I have a buddy uh, named Kwaku uh, Opoku. He's, uh, he's also a radiologist, like myself, radiology resident. Um, he has a similar story like mine. Um, came here at a young age. He had actually finished high school in Ghana and um, came here, you know, uh, tells me stories about him working at Walmart. Uh, you know, really had to sort of like uh, go through this uh, sort of hustle. Um, and, you know, uh, one day he just decided to do medicine. He said, I told him, why don't you just take a test and, uh, you know, and do medicine. And anytime he tells me that, I think about him like, man, that was really a bold move. Um, and, and to this day, he's just like one of my closest buddies. We're in the same program. Uh, we go, you know, people can't even tell us apart, um, you know, in our program. They, they, they mistake me. They mistake him for me and they mistake me for him. Um, and he's Ghanaian too. Uh, so just similar story. Um, similar story, same path. Uh, well, different paths, but we ended up sort of uh, coming together. Um, and he, he he's also kind of interested in, you know, going out anytime I invite him to events, like going out and educating young people, especially of, um, you know, um, you know, African-American race, you know, sort of telling them about the struggle that we went through uh, and the different pathways that we went through. He's always up for it and he's always willing to mentor, uh, you know, anybody. So. Um, yeah. Actually, Nancy, another phrase of yours that caught mine that I didn't mention earlier is with regards to your achievement when you said, I didn't make it this far by myself and that you're hoping to use this positive attention you've received to help others make it just as far. So I wanted to know what you, both of you guys would, what advice both of you guys would give to young Black youth who wish to pursue a similar path as you guys. The advice is, uh, you know, it's just that you have to you have to keep going. To be honest, if you want to do whatever you want to do, um, you know, you have to keep going, and you have to like, find people who are supportive and um, able to help you through that journey. Um, and you know, those people will come in different shapes and sizes. Um, you know, most of my mentors so far have been like, you know, white people. Uh, not necessarily African descent, and they've been incredibly supportive. Um, and uh, you know, it's—I don't really have much to say per se. It's just as in, you know, living through my actions, and you know, you get a lot of people that want to talk and stuff, and you try your best to make time. It's—it's it's hard being a resident right now, and I, I can't. Like this, this thing. If Kobra hadn't like sat me down right now, I, I don't, I don't know if we would have been doing this. He, he literally just like told me we have to do this, um, and because it's hard to make the time for it. And you know, when I have the opportunity, I try my best, but sometimes it's not always there. I don't always have the time. For sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I I believe in like if you want to do something, uh, then you know you speak to the people that are in the field. Like if you want to go into a field, talk to the people that are in the field um, and and see what it's like, right? Um, and so I guess um, when your mom, you know, told me about this, and I, I I realized that there was a potential that it was it would help, you know, especially young people. Um, it was sort of like. Uh, you know, it was tough getting back. I tried to, you know, see if we could have time for it. But, um, you know, almost in my head, we had to do it, right? And that's that's the thing that motivates me. And, um, you know, Nancy also came along. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, speaking to, you know, people that are in the field, within the field, their challenges, um, you know, for some, for example, there was a time where I took the MCAT, and then you know I told you about it before. I didn't do well. I thought I thought my you know pathway to medicine was over, and it was not. You know I had to talk to people. I had to talk to like you know Nancy and then my counselor and you know people that were like, yo, this is there are people that take this test like over and over again. What are you talking about? Um, and then they inspired me to um, sort of. Uh, retake the test, right? So seek, seeking counsel from people that are, um, you know, knows a lot about the field that you're in. Um, tons of people call Nancy about, you know, what it's like being a neurosurgeon. And I think they're doing the right thing uh, because, you know, she'll give, she'll give them advice about, you know, what, um, Tons of people call me too, by the way, just just thinking about, um, you know, and then, and then we give advice about what it was like, what it was like, and then you can advise them on what they need to do um, from a, you know, from a, I guess, a person that is within the field's perspective, right? Uh, and that's what I did, you know, I talked to people that, uh, you talk to people that are in your field, that are in the field that you're interested in, and they tell you this is what you need to do. And if you're lucky, you get a mentor uh, through that. Um, and I think that's one of the advice that I would give. Um, you know, I think everybody knows that you have to be hard work. And everybody knows that you have to really put in the work. Um, but perhaps, you know, seeking the help and the counsel is really um, very important. When I was in college, I would always like talk to my upperclassmen about any class that I, I'm gonna take. I'm like, what is what is this class like? What is the professors like? What are the professors like? Are they open to going to see them and you know, um, you know, like getting some one-on-one counsel how to do better? Uh, what do I need to do extra credit to make to make sure I get that A in that class? And they would always have information. And so you get all that information and you you know you and I could say that like for the most part, when you, once you follow that, you do well in the class. So, um, yeah, seeking counsel from people that have done it before is probably the advice that I would give. To kind of close up and end this um, discussion, I want to know, how do you two meet? We met at church. We go to the same church. We're Seventh-day Adventists. Um, when we came here, we ended up in the same Ghanaian Adventist community. Um, that's how I met this guy. Yeah. Did you know right away that you'd marry each other? Oh, it sounds very unexciting. <laughs> so I met that guy. No, I, I mean, <laughs> that was the truth. That's, that's how I met him. You know? I don't know. Um, that, that's how we met. And 
we've known each other for a very long time, since like 2006 at this point. Um, Did you two yeah. know that you'd marry each other right away? Uh, no, we got married in 2015. We were both in med school at that time. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nancy was, you know, like, I guess, he was hard working. Um, he was not too, like, I, I, I had a certain type of woman I was looking for, I guess. Uh, he was a little bit, you know, not too, like, loud and flamboyant, you know, very humble. So that just attracted me to her. Uh, I didn't know whether I was going to end up in marriage, but it ultimately did. Um, and uh, it was very rewarding to be with her because, you know, uh, we help each other a lot. I mean, we're a two-physician family, and believe it or not, that comes with a lot of challenges. And now we have Ruby. Um, and so, you know, if if we weren't working together, I'm sure, you know, like it would be very, very hard. Um, and so, you know, she supports me. I, I support her, um, treat each other with respect and, um, you know, all the good things that you, you treated, you know, anybody else. Um, yeah, so that, I think, uh, yeah, in a nutshell, she's, a, she's been a very good woman, good wife. <laughs> Sorry. He's being so awkward, man. Yeah. Maybe upcoming plans for the future. Maybe, um, I don't quite, I'm still trying to figure out uh, whether, uh, what field in radiology um, that uh, I'm, I'm going to go into. I really like IR, interventional radiology, when I did it. Um, I also really like thoracic radiology. So I guess I'm kind of still figuring out, you know, that's the beauty about this field. It's like almost like a never-ending journey, um, and for me, that's exciting. You know, some people get bored of it, but um, yeah, you go into medicine, and then you specialize in radiology, and then there's a subspecialty, and you still kind of have to figure out what it is, what is it that you want. Obviously, there's a lot to consider with Nancy being a neurosurgery resident or a neurosurgeon in the future, and uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot to consider. Uh, but I'm sure God will help us. Um, you know. I align, make a, you know, open things up, and uh, hopefully, I'll figure out my niche. And when when I do, um, I do have plans of, uh, you know, ultimately starting something in Ghana. But I'm not quite sure what it is yet. But uh, I do see myself uh, going back home, and you know, either uh, starting something. It may be educational. It may be a business, radiology-related business. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I do have it on my radar, and uh, I do pray about it, and hopefully, uh, you know, the opportunity opens up for it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. I know the experiences you shared and the advice you've given will be so helpful to African youth, especially those who want to chart a similar path as you guys. And I just want to say, God bless you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk with me. Thank you.